What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a special guest in the building. Listen, this gentleman here has been giving you hits after hits after hits from the 90s right up until now. You know we have in the building today? We have Mr. Easy in the building today. What's going on, big boss? Mr. Easy keeping it breezy. Hey, Muscle, big up yourself over time. Muscle, always a hustler. Welcome to them. <laughs> Come on, you know how it goes. Thank you so very much for joining us on the program today. Definitely. You know, I mean, the pleasure is mine, you know. Mm. Big up all the listeners, because I know the program is a very nice program. So uh, it's a pleasure, you know, and I'm happy to be on it, because without people like yourself, man, ain't nobody going to know about Mr. Easy, especially now that you are, you know, you have places where people can people can actually see your face and mm-hmm. and identify you with your music you get me you know we came up in the eight we came up in the 90s but in the 90s all you put out was the records and you might take some pictures you might get into some magazines you get me but now we are actually talking live where people are actually seeing you so you know it's such a difference you know these artists nowadays don't know what they got i don't mean to take it so far but mm-hmm. you, you know they don't know what what they have so they need to put out good music because they have the platform. You get it, you get it. All right, let's get into the history of Mr. Easy here and then bring it right up to 2020, all right? Yeah, man. So, okay, with music, when did you actually discover music and start to like music? And when did you discover your voice that, hey, you could actually use this and do something with it? Well, you know, the history goes, you know, like, um, I've been, I, I know I love music since, I mean, I would say from the age of 12. Um, but then when I started going to high school, I had an aunt who lived in the basement and out of all my aunts, she was the youngest one and she was like the rebel that was into the dance. So mm-hmm. big up my aunt, Aunt Bev. And um, she would always listen to Dennis Brown. Okay. And, you know, by me going to the basement and you remember those record players where, where, the, where the, the, the record player is actually down in the box, you know? Yeah, and you put it in, and, and I started playing. I started just playing all, all the records, and I just loved Dennis Brown's voice. I just loved everything about Dennis Brown, and I just said, you know, I wanted to be like this person, man. And and I'm from there. But actually, I started DJing first. Like a lot of a lot of singers will tell you, they they actually start DJing before they start doing their singing. Okay. So my, yeah, 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 yeah. So going to high school, you know, the regular thing, lunchroom time. We beat the desk, we vibes out, and then we go home and we practice our yard. And, you know, we had a crew. So next thing you know, we started. One them, I made. I remember one day I made one sound. Okay. And my virgin said to me, one of my virgin said, yo, do that, do that again. And I did it again. And he said, yo, you need to stop DJing and just straight singing because it's a more, it's a more, the, 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 um, the career will, you'll have a longer career being a singer than being a DJ. But I start, I started going back and forth, back and forth, like a little confusion until I got comfortable in myself singing. And that's where I just started singing, period. Just got rid of the DJ vibe, you know? Okay. And, and then you got comfortable in singing and that's yes. ready to move forward. So then when you were DJing, did you have your name, Mr. Easy, or that came later? They used to call me Izzy. As in I Z Z I Z Z Y, okay, easy. And so what happened now? When I started singing, there was you know, I don't know if you remember about H C N F Studio on Long Island. That's rest in peace, Philip Smart. That's where all of us as youths used to go. And um, my first producer name was Barry Judd because my aunt 
as I was telling her about, that's her friend. That's you know, you know, grew up together. So she introduced, took me to him, and and said, "Listen, my nephew can sing, and I love music." And you know, from there, Barrett, he took me to Long Island. Started the first song I did was um, "Caravan of Love," you know, of the um, uh, you know, the brothers, uh, um, Isley Brothers, the Isley Brothers. I did that mm-hmm. song over, and when I heard myself, when I did over that record, I was like, "Wow, you know, this this." Is this really me? Because I'm sure every artist go through that the first time they ever record, like, and hear yourself coming through a speaker, you know? Your spirit is, that's your spirit over there that's doing its thing. So I said, you know, boom, from there we just continued and, and, and it just got better and you, you learn yourself. And at the time when I started out, I never knew how to write music. So, okay. you know, I, I did not know, that. but I had melodies. A lot of melodies would pop up in my head. So I would take their songs, people's songs and switch it around, you know, melody, melody wise, take the lyrics, switch it around melody wise for myself. You know, I, I switch around the, 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 um, the, the lyrics in a different way for myself, but keep their melody until yeah. I've actually learned how to, to, to um, my brain develop that, that, that sense of, of um, creating my own songs, you know, it for makes, myself. It, it makes sense, especially you say you were DJing before you're singing, because you have a, a style where, yeah, we know you're a singer, but we know a lot of times you put in a Sing J style. Yes. Of your musical. So it yes. makes yes. sense that, okay, yes. from the DJ background, yes. incorporate it all together. And yes. And it works. And that's what, that, you know, I mean, so everything that happened in the past happened for, for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I could actually use that same style when I don't feel like because sometimes you get a, sometimes you get certain rhythms, you know, certain dancehall rhythm when you get them, them, them actually give you that energy, that vibe to actually sing J, mm-hmm. you know, especially when in that, in that certain drum style, like the Brocco type of rhythm and the Showtime kind of rhythm, those rhythms give you that vibe to just put in some kind of sing J vibes in it. You know, like the no say the bashmen gallem are the artist gal. Bashmen gallem are the artist gal. Them not free if you broke out and wine. How is a look for the shine? You get me? So, are we originated sing J? You know, mm-hmm. so big up, big up, big up pinchers. Because to be honest with you, pinchers to me is 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 the original sing J. One hundred pro. You get me? If you can remember him styles, he, he, he was never sing. He's not a he's not a singer singer. Cause remember him and Sanchez was at, at the same time, but his style was different. You get me? So he's one of the original man. Yeah, you get it. You get it. All right. So then that influenced your style there, the sing J, the singing, and everything. Yes. So now I know originally when you were coming up, you actually auditioned for the Apollo Theater. Yes, I I auditioned for the Apollo Theater mm-hmm. and got in mm-hmm. because you know I had a friend, my best friend, who lived across the street from me as we growing up as kids. I mean, from I entered the U.S., me and him been been friends. You know those friends that when you come on the block, they're the first one that test you. Like, let's see, they, they, you know, you're gonna fight. <laughs> from there, we bridges, and he loved the way I sing. And he would say to me, "Um, easy. I think you know. I need. I think you know. I need. Think you know to. Go, you need to go to the Apollo." And I was like, "Man, I ain't go to no Apollo, man. Next thing I know, I get boo. I can't come back around the way. People go laugh." <laughs> People go say that's the guy that was on TV uh, or the Apollo with the gun, but the cut, the the, the the broom man threw off the stage. So it's like you, you know you thought about a whole bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. my my virgin was like, listen, man, if you don't go, 
as a reggae act, somebody is going to go for the first time. So just take a chance, you know. So, you know, at the time, you know, my mother gave me $20 and two of us jump on the train the Wednesday and go we, on our way up to the Apollo, man. You know, as kids, you know, I just, you know, so I tell people, that's why I understand kids, you know. Kids do spontaneous stuff. Kids do weird stuff. Kids take chances when they're young because they're not, like, mature like us where you have to think before you make certain moves. Mm -hmm. That's how, and that's how they make decisions and that's how they actually discover themselves and, and, and their future just moving, you know what I'm saying? But in a positive way. So now, me and my bridging jump on a train, go up to the Apollo. When we went up there to audition, now we went up there and told them we want to audition. So we had to write a paper, write in the book, and they gave us a date to come back and audition. So now we went up there and um, I forgot this place where you audition. We don't actually have audition at the Apollo. They have a separate place where you audition on 125th Street. You know, it's a, it's a very known place, been around forever. And we went there and when I walked in the building, I got scared because I started, I'm hearing people with all kind of vocal skills, man. Because what people don't know about the Apollo, you don't just go to the Apollo and go on Showtime at the Apollo and go on television. There's a way, you have to work your way up to that. Okay, so it's not a just you go straight to the No, 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 no. You, you have to, you have to win five competitions mm -hmm. for the year. Like you have to go through a process of beating beating other people to get to that level. So now me going there, I hear people playing the piano, singing like Stevie Wonder. So I told my boy, I said, nah, man, I can't go up against these people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, my brother, you look at me and say, easy. Mm -hmm. Them not bad like you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he kept saying, because to me, these people are wicked. But he said, yo, trust me, I'm a bridge. Them not wicked like you, man. You're better than them. And he said to me, he said something that stood out. He said, um, you don't understand the differences. You sound different. And not realizing what he was saying is that because, you know, I hear so much of them, they're singing, but they all are similar. You get me? So my boy was like, you're different. Your style is different. You sound totally different from him. And that's what's going to bring you through. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. So now I try out. And when I try out for the, for the, for the competition, next thing I know, they called me and told me that I'm in. I'm like, what? Okay. So now I'm competing for the year, like five. I kept the first set of people I went up, I went up like around 200 people, went up against 200 people and I beat them. I'm like, what is, I'm that good? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I kept going. I just kept, I won like three, four competitions. And one day they called me and said, I made it to television. This is crazy. So amateur. And that's why even now people wonder how do I stay in the business of, 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 of this competition, mm -hmm. you know, competing with these younger youths and everything, because the Apollo made me do that, make me do that. Because what the Apollo did for me, it did what I, I, I never knew I can do. Yeah. It actually gave me this confidence that no one can tell me that I'm not good. Yeah. That's what it did, even though, so that's why Apollo always lets you know that grace in the Apollo and coming through even if if you don't get to a certain level, what it did, what it do, it builds your confidence to go out in the world and actually compete with anybody. Yeah. You get me? So me going to the Apollo and then I made it to television. I realized, yo, this is crazy because I, I was a I was an exterminator at the time because what I did, I drove a cab, mm -hmm. and and I was an exterminator and I drove a dollar van. 
I was doing three. Because I had to isolate. Yeah, I was just because I had to do things that will make me still able yeah. to um to do my music. Because my music was more important. So if I had a regular nine to five, I wouldn't have been able to um to do my music. What my music was the most important part yeah. for me. But then I had a daughter, so who was a grown person now who I had to make sure food was there for her. For sure. Yeah. So then you get to the Apollo now. So did you actually, when you got to the TV appearance now, mm -hmm. did you win that or you just did very good? I did very, very good. And you know what's so funny? And it comes back again where I tell people, listen, Apollo is weird. Mm -hmm. Because the person, the person that came in front of me, mm -hmm. And that's why my friend said to me, "Easy, it's not about you going to the." They even somebody told me they saw it, the Apollo like two weeks ago because you know they do reruns. Yeah, yeah. And um, he said, you know, the Apollo. The thing about the Apollo is, is not sometimes about who wins, but who is the difference. Yeah. So after that, I'm the one that got the call for the record deals. Okay. So I'm the one that got called for these record deals. Now, all of a sudden, my phone is ringing like, we need you to be lead singer for this group on Atlantic Records. We need, I'm like, how do these people get your number? Yeah. You get me? So now, first thing I know, Big Daddy Kane saw me perform at the Apollo, him and Mike Tyson. And I'd asked them, I asked them, please just wait and watch me perform. And he took my phone number and he never called me for like six months. And one day I came with my mother said, my mother said, yo, Ian, some guy named Big Daddy Kane, I don't know what kind of name is that. Some guy named Big Daddy Kane, you know, my mother's Jamaican and she's like, what kind of name that, you know what I'm saying? Some guy named Big Daddy Kane called the house, bought him on talk, I don't know what kind of name that, he'll leave our number one. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, mommy, you don't know, yo, that's that dude, but I had to explain it to her, because he was a different vibe, different style, different era, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous to call his phone number, man. And when I called, them time was pages. So I, I hit him up on the pager, and the pager said, yo, this Big Daddy Kane, you know what I mean? Them time, Big Daddy Kane was the Jay-Z. You get me? Sure. <laughs> what are we speaking about here? We talking about um, 90, 91. Okay. times in. Yeah. So Kane, Kane called me and told me, when I got Kane, when he came out from California, he called me and said to me, um, for me to meet him at um, the, the the studio in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm taking the train, me and my same boy, because I never left my boy. We on the train going to Manhattan, and I'm nervous, yo, because I got a big daddy came want me to come to the studio. And it was Quad Studio, Quad, the same famous Quad. It was Quad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I got the Quad, and they had the track ready and everything, and told me the part, and when I delivered the part, I did, and that's a, that's now where my confidence really building, because I'm, I'm laying down music quick, because when you go in front of these guys, man, you can't, you can't itch, bro, you have to, you have to shop, and he sent me around, once I walked in, it was like, boom, 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 ready, go, I went around and chopped it, quick, and he was like, yo, Ian, because he called me Ian, up until today, can't call me Ian, really, yeah. so, I chopped it, and when I chopped it, and he, he actually paid me. And that's how even now when I see Kane, you know, me and Kane is good, I don't see him that much, but when I see Kane is, I'm like, yo, you're the first man to ever give me a check. 
you know he could have said no nah, you ain't got you know you, boom but he actually paid me to do the part okay and then he he walked me to the studio he took me to studio eight and he introduced me to Mariah Carey and you know I'm like yo yo this thing, this is I'm getting somewhere you know and this yeah. is just from the person that didn't even win the competition you just exactly as the person that was different 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 because i kept winning amateur night because people don't know the amateur night is crazy because the amateur night is when you go on stage and you compete with 23 people on the stage one time you get me so it's harder than getting than the showtime because amateur night is what is the, is what you have to win to get to showtime so the, to the road to, to the road to the goal is is really treacherous man because you could win this week and next week you come back and um you don't win and then you're out of the competition. And I just kept winning. Big up to Sydney Mills, Barriger. They gave me the rhythm to go. They hit over the underwings of love rhythm for me. And people kept saying to me, my boy said to me, I kept saying, should I change my song? And he said, no. He said, keep using the same song that you're winning with. Just keep going. So one song that you use. Yep, one song. And when you one. got to the follow, do you perform underwings of love also? On the rhythm, the rhythm. I perform my song. <laughs> Remember that rhythm that that Trevor Sparks was on all the Because I know that rhythm has a lot of melody that R and B people would understand. Yeah. It's groovy. Yeah. So, Sidney so Mills made the rhythm over for me and gave it to me to go and compete. You get me? So big up Sidney Mills. You know, Sidney Mills is a, is a, is a, is a musician who plays for. He plays for Steel Pulse. You know. So um, yeah, man, is a is a so so this was it man so um as i say i'm starting to get phone calls so next thing i know i got calls to, to sign to motown to atlantic records but this one call mm -hmm. that came to me because I, I developed a friendship with the people that own wbls who was um the sutton family who owns the apollo theater and um percy sutton a lot of people don't know you you have to know about percy sutton this man is one of those incredible people persons percy sutton was one of the tuskegee airmen yeah he was one he was one of the tuskegee air airmen he, he was a pilot he owns wbls at the time and he owned the apollo theater he, he was one of the only black men in new york at the time that that was um that has that that on that level entrepreneurship you know so you have to give it up to um chuck, chuck sutton and his boy um randy apollo theater for him you know um so i got a call from warner brothers quest warner brothers quest and i was wondering i know the name sound really that name sounds so familiar the, the name quest yeah. and i look into it's like yo quest it's Quincy Jones. I'm like, what? something like Quincy Jones label calling calling me. They want to have a meeting and boom, bam, boom, bam. Next thing you know, I'm on, I'm on, I don't know, I'm on Sixth Avenue and Fifty Second Street, up in the Warner Brother building. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. First thing, first when I got got up there, they start walking the man around and showing me the whole because they trying to outbid everybody else. Yeah. So they walking me around. I'm going them them those times. The record labels had you know like uh, extensions. So you had Quest, you had Giant Records, you had all different 
label that stems off of the um of the the, the mother label, which is one with Time Warner. So, and everybody was in the same building, but had different parts in those big, you know, up in those big floors. So Quest had a spot. So they took me up there. Um, there was this guy, his name was Rahul Roach. Yeah. You know, his father's name was Max Roach, who was one of the great drummers who played with Quincy Jones. So Quincy gave him the job. He was an A&R. So he's the one that actually signed me to the Quest Warner Brothers label. And at that time, Warner Brothers, um, Quest was going was going on real because the movie Boys in the Hood just came out. And um, Quincy Jones had, a, had just dropped the album called Secret Garden. That was yeah. mushing up the whole place. Yes, yes. So I was like, yo, I'm going with this label right here. This label is hot. You know, they just got Tevin Campbell, Keith Washington. I'm like, yo, this is the label to sign to. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but let you know, mm -hmm. not understanding the music business, Quincy Jones is, is, is fabulous because he gave me an opportunity. But the person that got me through the record deal, as far as, you know, the, um, the um, I signed to a production, not on, yeah. because not understanding what what is a production. I signed to a production, so and you didn't sign as an artist. You signed yes, to a to, to produ I, which I never understood. I, mean, I could have signed to a, with ours, but because I thought this person, and I never understand production. Yeah. And you know, uh, the first deal I got, man, was half a million dollars. At that time, I'm talking yeah. about when, you know, when record companies was giving away money. Yeah. I got that deal and um, not understanding that, you know, I was more in love with the music and the videos and excited to go do this and not realize that you got to take care of the business. And that's where I see the person that got me, to, that was signed through, he was driving, buying cars and cutting off the top and made it custom made his own, you know what I'm saying? Using my money, you know what I'm saying? And it was... But you still never understood it until after a while. I had a good attorney, mm -hmm. you know. I had a real good attorney, you know, and and he took care of business and got me out of the deal. But I did deliver. I delivered an album. I have an album That's out. What I, said. I remember yeah. it's called. It's under your your real name. Yeah, Ian Dyer, and the yeah. name of the album is Call Me Mr. Easy, which I find is super crazy. It's because okay, you went into the deal, I guess, as Easy. But then they said, okay, let's go with your real name. But then no, you put out. <laughs> no, no. What, what happened is record companies are funny. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, my A&R left mm -hmm. and they brought in a new A&R because I was going through legal problems. So by that time, you know, record companies switch around. They're finicky. They switch around A&Rs. So this new, this new A&R coming, his name was Mike. I forgot his last name. And he never understood my culture. And that's what it was. He never understood the culture like how Max, like Rahul and them understood it. So he was just coming as this real, he's real R&B, real American guy, don't understand the Jamaican culture. So I was explaining to him that the album need to be called, my name is, my name is Mr. Easy and we're supposed to, let's do it. And he was like, nah, use your real name, Ian Dyer, and then you could call the album, call me Mr. Easy. So that's the only way I could have kept the Mr. Easy, but the politics was crazy. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah, it was really crazy. The part is really crazy, like these that, and that's when record companies were really controlling artists, like telling you, you got to do this, that you, you know, we gave you our money, and this is what we want, you know, and they're not going out. And that's why a lot of times we take albums and and certain projects fail mm -hmm. because you're not letting the artist 
be the artist and letting the artist ride with what got the artist to that where the artist is. You want to change up everything because you think you know, but you don't know. You get me? So I had to switch everything around and call myself, call me Mr. Easy and use my real name, Ian Dyer. Yeah. And I had okay. to fight for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I listened to the album there, you could hear it sounded like Shaba, Maxi Priest, yes. Patra, that type of sound. Because that was the time. Yes. Because, of the, because yes. of the time that we were in. You know, so you had to deliver that song because actually that album I actually worked with um Mikey Bennett. Okay. Mikey Bennett. So at the time Mikey Bennett had just produced House Call. So yes. that's where you get these type of sounds. Because you know the hot producer at the time you work with a hot producer, the record companies want to know who's the hot producer. Mikey had just got that number, you just got telephone love and dial my number. You can dial my and he had that, that sound. So they wanted that same sound, and that's how I, I, Mikey had three songs on the album. And that's when I met Dave Kelly as well. Now, I actually met Dave Kelly because of Dave, people don't know that Dave Kelly and his brother Tony Kelly were actually engineers for Maxi Priest. What? Yeah, they were the engineer on the road with Maxi Priest. You get me? So that's how they actually you know, develop their skills as engineers on the road. Because from what I understand, Maxi Priest was actually part owner of Madhouse at one time. Maxi Priest helped started Madhouse. When you say that, you're right, because I remember some of the early productions, if mm -hmm. I remember good, it had Maxi Priest. Yes, yes. Some of the yes, early yeah. rhythms had Maxi yeah, Priest. Maxi Priest. would have had him on it. Yeah, man. Yes, yeah, because yeah, you had, remember you had a tune with Maxi Priest and Daddy's Crew. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So now you could tie it in together and, and understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. That Maxi was actually the big developer of um 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 madhouse records you learn something new every single day. yeah man, yeah man, yeah man, yeah man, yeah, man, yeah, man. yeah. yeah man. okay so, so then i guess that's how you built the relationship with um Dave kelly and tony kelly from back then yeah man so um from there mm -hmm. from there you know record companies i begged them to get me out of the deal because as i say i was i was actually struggling with the deal okay. so i actually got got off the, the record label and um Davis had always promised me that, you know, anytime I'm ready, I could come to Jamaica and he got my back. Cause you know, when, 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 um, daddy's crew mm -hmm. and Maxi, when daddy's crew and Louis culture and, and Terra fabulous, remember they were the original Madhouse crew before me, Sham and Wayne wanted them. But Wayne was always there though. Wayne was always there. So daddy's crew at the time, Remember, he had most of his songs was combination with him and Donovan Steele. Yes, yes. So Donovan Steele never had a visa to travel. So Dave them asked me if I could actually go on the road and sing the parts for Daddy's Crew. So I went on tour with Daddy's Crew, Terror Fabulous, and Louis Culture. Okay, so you were originally singing the parts for you mean Donovan Steele? Yes, because he couldn't travel. I did a lot. I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work. And this time you were still living in the States or you were in Jamaica? I was still in the States. I was still in the States. But because Dave, Dave had actually produced on my Warner Brothers album, he, you know, we, we, we got to know each other. And he was like, you know, he, he appreciated that I actually had put food on his, on his, on his, on his table. Mm -hmm. So no, I mean, no, I need him. And he never turned his back on me. 
you get me? He never turned his back on me. So at this time now, he said, when, when the tour was done, he said, anytime you're ready, just come to Jamaica, I got you. So, but it's funny. It, it wasn't even him that made me go to Jamaica. I was at Randall's Island. I just recorded a song for Salam Remy. Champion sound is gonna kill you. I was in a sound clash. The girls look ready, get well trashed. At the end of round one, I was ailed by the sound top gun. And then he said, you're easy. Won't you feel another sound for me? I beat up all the Brooklyn heads. And then I said, son, why you gone? Champion sound is gonna kill you. You get me? So, Big. Uh, as I, when, we, when we recorded that song, mm -hmm. I had a real good feeling. That day was so nice. So I left, the name of the, at that time, Palm Tree was the name of Salam Remy's um, um, his, his production. Yeah. You know, because them times that he had just, here comes the odd step, or he was producing some big tunes. You get me? So I left and I, they had a stage show at Randall's Island. George Crooks used to put on these shows at Randall's Island. Um, I don't, and I remember this man walked up to me and he held my hand and like, he kneeled on one foot, no disrespect. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, yo, you are a wicked singer. You need to come to Jamaica. And that man was Barris Hammond. <laughs> and that, and so that's how I ended up. That's who took me back to Jamaica. You're, wow. Just that's a, this man said Barris Hammond. Yeah. That's how I that's how I got there, man. That's how I got there. It was on that vibe. Mm -hmm. So then this is still the early nineties. This is like so then what year are we talking about here now? This was like um ninety-five. Okay, Nine. so then now is when Madhouse is firm and ready to go, right? Now. Ready to go. Because yeah. when but remember, this was ninety-five and I actually went to Jamaica. Because this was the summer of ninety-five. Mm -hmm. So now after I met Barris there and he said, Yo, come in and everything. So now that's when I left 96. That's when Barris had everything ready for Because I didn't go I didn't go to Jamaica recording for Dave. People honest, I wasn't recording for Dave Kelly. I went there recording for Barris Hammond. I was recording for Harmony House. I didn't realize that. I thought the, the link was really Dave Kelly. I didn't no, realize the link was no, really Barris. No, it was Dave. It was it was it was, it was Barris Hammond. That was the first goal. Mm -hmm. So I actually started, I started right now. I think one of the best, one of the best work that I've ever done, mm -hmm. one of the best albums, because I mean, since people have um, been here, I don't know if you heard the news, the song that I have, it's called I'll Always Be There okay. on the rock, on the Rockaway Rhythm. Yes. Yes. I just discovered that the other day. I said, I okay. Before. Okay. There you go. Now you can put it together. Mm -hmm. Now you can put it together. <clears throat> Now you can actually put it together and see that I've, you know, I've been recording for Barris for a while. Barris actually, I've recorded 20 songs. I've recorded 20 songs at Barris. 
20. Very spice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so you recorded these songs for Burst, but it seems like you really took off when you got to Matt Host. Yeah, because when I was when I was at Burst, mm -hmm. it, was, it was taking a while for the project to come out. And, I, and I'm in Jamaica. That's, that's, at this time, you have to say, I moved back to Jamaica. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, listen, I got um, I got to get something going because you know I left the fam home, I left the fam in New York, and nothing ain't. I got to get, I got to get things popping, you know. Yeah. So I said, you know, you know what? Let me go check Dave. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna check Dave. I'm 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 there with Dave, and I was chilling. That, at that time, he had this rhythm called the Haunted coming out. I, and, and and to tell you how Dave is, Dave is different. So he, he's like, I, I was around him when Haunted was being recorded. When you had the pot cook everything, I see my dog, the world I'm chewing there. And I'm there, yo, and he ain't put me on the rhythm. I'm like, dah, January. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what's so weird. It's like, even when that rhythm was being distributed, it was me and Dave that was driving around because if you notice, we sing about, you were singing about Privia. You have the one, the Privia Vans, and we used to sing about those things in the songs. But it was real, you know, because Dave, you know, man sing about things are real, you know? Mm -hmm. So Dave, Dave, I used to, those records, I'm the one that lift them up and put in this truck. And I was not it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, me, I, yo, what did you do, boss? Yo, I used to drive with Dave down to Dynamic Sounds, where they press the records. And me and him, that's my boy, me and him driving around talking and we're picking up these records, throwing the box with all these artists on it. And I'm not on it, but you know, <laughs> that's the type of person I am on because I'm waiting my turn. You know what I'm saying? And, so and I knew that. What was knew, actually the first rhythm that you actually so, got so, on now? So the first rhythm, I kind of got frustrated. I was like, Dave, you know me, I go back and I kind of said, your mud, I turn out my advice here. <laughs> so I was like, yo. But what I realized is that they've been through so much with even the old budget thing that I don't know what he went to with him and Penthouse. Mm -hmm. But if you notice, all the Penthouse music was produced by Dave, really. Yes, that, I, that I've seen a lot of it was through Dave. Yeah, the, the, the Tigers, the Barrises, the Tony Rebels, that was Dave. You know, the name is just Penthouse, but the producer is Dave and Tony. So whatever vibe he went through with, with, with that, with that era in his life, that time in his life, actually played a part to how he is you know what i'm saying as far as loyalty you get me mm -hmm. so he said to me when i told him i'm gonna leave he said now tonight and mm -hmm. that's when he recorded me that same night and i knew i was gone when he when he recorded me i was like yo my god because he recorded me on the joyride okay so the joyride was your first the one with you and chap that was your first entry now, into the madhouse recording there you go there you go and that one song did so much for me. Yo, people need money. Even my father passed away, and I used that one song and put my father to rest. That's how much, that's the impact that the Joyride rhythm had. Listen, when you talk about 90s, when you say 90s, the first rhythms that come to mind, Joyride, Pepper Seed, there you go. those type of rhythms here, and that's yeah, all yeah, Dave Kelly right there. Yes. Wow. So I remember, I remember I, that right there. Yeah, I remember I used to do, they used to, they used to book me in the Bahamas by myself just to sing the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was touring, I was doing shows all over with just a joyride rhythm. Wow. 
Yeah, man. And then what came, what was the next one after that, that really? Joyride, and then we came with the Ray Ray. Then I, I, yes, the Ray After Ray man, Ray. I say, yeah, oh, people say, yeah, yo, big things are going on. And then while I was doing that, I started recording for his brother, Tony Kelly. So I started doing like, um, this is a warning. Make sure you have your, body. you know, I started doing. So now, two brothers is voicing me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, here come, here comes bookshelf with me and Frisco. When best spend time come for sign up, you see send up for them out. They can line up what you say. You know what I said. Boss, boss. And again, you're still living in America. Yeah. All of these monsters. Monster, of monster yes, reading. yes, yes. Because what I did now. I went to Jamaica and I started staying. That's like staying for, staying down there for months, just staying down and putting in work. Because mm -hmm. you know you could just take your foot out one minute, your thing gone. So I'm like, me, I ain't moving. Mm -hmm. So now after Ray Ray, you know after Ray Ray, I think we went and did the um, that that, that Christmas album. I wish for Roman time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayne Wonder at There's a guy named DJ Easy just put out a 90s. People can go on YouTube and check it out. Just put out a 90s mix with Mr. Easy. And it's two days since he put it out and it's almost 10,000. Wow, just like that. Because of the hits that you have. Because of the mute, yes. People don't and realize exactly what kind of catalog you have until they really sit down it's like whoa you know yep. what I mean? because it, <laughs> okay out of the dave kelly's the the um the baby shop and the joy where i did good the mm -hmm. uh, the other ones that did good too was the uh brook out brook out big 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 big, big, big. Brooke, uh, just let me tell you something mm -hmm. i think the biggest rhythm that dave kelly ever made mm -hmm. i hope i don't offend anybody mm -hmm. is a showtime rhythm Agreed. I that I could agree with. You know what I mean? I could agree with that one hundred percent. The Showtime rhythm, yeah, is is the most standout rhythm mm -hmm. that Dave Kelly ever did. This rhythm is the real classic. It's up there with the Panani rhythm, the the, the those um the top dance or rhythm top five. Showtime is in that top five. How do you how do you come up with that song there, the rain again on the showtime? No, no, the, the way how we work, you know, how Madhouse, and that's why I wait Dave, you know. Dave is a youth like this, you know. Mm -hmm. When he gets ready to record, we'll spend two weeks because we have a we have like a a time where we say, listen, the first person's gonna get the first the, the first juggling of the rhythm is a is a is a is a guy by the name of Colin Hines who plays on fame on fame. So we have, we have, Dave always have everything. He said, listen, this whole two weeks, we're just going to record Cabra, Easy, Cham, Wink, the whole click, seven, eight songs. We're just going to knock them out for the next two weeks. Nobody goes anywhere. We're just in the studio night and day. Mm -hmm. You get me? And he's a genius, man. And, and the way he comes up with ideas and the way we, when we come together and everybody just start, just start vibing. And, and get everything together. You, you, when you look back at it, you wonder how the hell was this done? <laughs> and, 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 to, and it was no Pro Tools. It wasn't Pro Tools. No, you're right. Because this is 90s we're talking about. We're talking about. Yeah, it was no Pro Tools. Ain't that. You know, the real and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you had to get it done real quick. Yeah. Ain't no time to be patching and this yeah. and that. And, and for a track. Yeah, then all that. Even when I was recording with Barrisman, I had to just. Mm -hmm. 
and that's how even now I've developed a style of writing in the studio mm -hmm. and not using a pen or a paper by being around these guys. Mm -hmm. Just use your head and just everything, you just do everything one time and you'll finish a record because that's where you get the best when you record off your head right there. Yeah. Whatever you feel is what's going on the track. Then when you go home, you sit down writing the paper and then, you know, well, nah. Mm -hmm. So I developed that from these guys, but it's all about speed. Yeah. You so now when it, so now you put me in, 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 in Pro Tools, yo, you see, I'm, I'm like a spoiled baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was different. It was a yeah, different way of recording and doing music. Even, even, even dub plates. Like when you went to Don Juan or Arrows, mm -hmm. remember, you know, these men buy the, 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 the dub plate, the actual record. Mm -hmm. So now when it's time for you to record, they look at you and they're like, we're recording your vocals straight to the plate. Yeah. And if you mess that plate up, you're responsible for the play. Yeah. So now you're singing the dub and that keeps your brain sharp. So now you're singing the dub and the reel is just spinning and burning the song at the same time. So you can't make no mistake from beginning to end. Yeah. And that's what these artists now are lack of. Mm -hmm. You know, they're so spoiled with the computers and all these type of things. So that's why when they're performing they can't perform that's when they can't deliver the records the right way the right way i get you and veterans like you understand how it's done i want to get into i want to say this is the biggest song of your career right now me personally this is what yeah i, I think so she, too. She me crazy. <laughs> that record is a haunt that record is haunting me man it's a haunt to the record <laughs> it, it, it's okay who did you record that song there, that uh, song for Tony Kelly. That's it was Tony brother. Kelly that you yeah. recorded it for. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. that was on the bio rhythm, and it also had the Sean Paul like glue and stuff like that on the rhythm. There you go. All right, there tell me go. how She Drives Me Crazy came along, because right now, to this day, mm -hmm. 2020, you go into a club, guaranteed if they have a... No, no, this, this play, this play, this play, this play, I tell people, Drive Me Crazy play somewhere in the world every day. Every day, it plays every day. Because I could tell by by the letters that the publish, my publishing mm -hmm. comes to my house. The Spanish kid just did it over in Colombia. Okay. Last week, they released it. And I'm like, <laughs> he did it over with a bean man. He mixed the melody with a buyout where he used my, ver my, my, my melody and everything yeah. to tell you how people, this record just keep living on. I met this kid, the other day I met this kid when I was in, um, I was in South Africa and I met this, this guy and he's from the Congo. Mm -hmm. And he's like, in the Congo, we play this. Oh, I'm like, in the Congo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just that impactful. That's yeah. why I said, I want to know the process, how he even came up with that. Listen, it was everything. so weird. The mm -hmm. weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. Dave Kelly always cusses his brother mm -hmm. and saying his brother don't never build a camp for himself, which is true. Mm -hmm. His brother always waits until Dave build a camp and then <laughs> he said, yo, come check me, come check me. <laughs> so Dave kind of like got pissed off. Like, why you don't build your own camp, man? Yeah. Every time I build a camp, you send me from an artist that become, which is his brother. So at the end of the day, you might cuss, but you can't really stop him. You know what I'm saying? So, so this is where now, this is where now Dave was like, um, so I remember one time, right? I was walking out of Dave Kelly's studio. And if anybody knows St. Andrew Park, they know exactly how the gate is set up. Okay. 
So did you know that Tony Kelly and big up to Ratio, Ratio is a dude that used to put on um, the show called Sashi. One of the, to me, the biggest shows that ever came in Jamaica was a show called Sashi's, the biggest state show. He used to bring Snoop Dogg, Johnny Cochran, he used to bring everybody. He did it three times. So him and Tony Kelly started sparring. Did you know these guys was outside sitting? That's how I know the song is magical. You know they were sitting outside, lay weight in me. They don't know what they outside, like they're sitting in the cut, waiting for me to walk out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I walk out the studio yard and I see this truck park up and the truck make a U-turn. Mm -hmm. No, the truck pulls off and pull down to me and say, yo. That when I look at Tony Kelly, I reassure the, the truck. Neatly, I leave them inside. Nobody don't know where I go on. Mm -hmm. so, so when I see Tony pull up, I'm looking behind me, making sure nobody don't come. Dave don't come, nobody don't come. I'm like, <laughs> so Tony said, Tony said to me, um, yo, man, I have something up a yard for you. Come check me. And then Rachel in the background, like an echo said, yeah, man, come up a yard, man. Something up the field. <laughs> and they just pressed gas and, and made a U-turn and left. And I was like, I said to myself, What's, what, what is this? Yeah. So now, now I, I, I can't let Dave know I'm going up to the yard. The next day I was up there. Nobody knows I'm up there. And when I heard the rhythm, I'm like, what the? I said, what this? I said, no, man, this, 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 I already met terrible. Mm -hmm. So we started vibing and writing and, Dave was, Tony was going through his thing, I was going through my thing, so the, the, the lyrics, if you listen to the lyrics, it's all true, you know, it's real reality. Okay. So we go, so we going through this kind of vibe, and, but the way I recorded the song, I've never done another song, or recorded another song like that. What I did, Dave, what Tony did, I did the, um, I did the background vocals first. And when I did the background vocals, I, I'm not going to lie, I tell people, and believe me, I went into the studio to record at 5 o'clock in the evening, mm -hmm. and I came out the booth only twice, and I was in the booth till 1 o'clock the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll I, I never forget. I was in the booth from 5 till 1 the next morning, doing just background vocals. And I came out the studio twice, and we had the AC, you know you don't record with AC, so you know how wet. So I think I was so deserving of his record. So when, and after I was done, the, the, the background vocals, he said to me, all right, listen, a month later, we're going to do the lead. Mm -hmm. That's how we approached this record. So one month later, I came back, boom, she's got the touch and love so much. And when I finished recording it, he said to me, all right, yeah, man. We're going to get a month and listen and come back and record it again. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the money I dealing, man? After me happy, so we done the record now. <laughs> so, yo, I walk away. Next thing I know, I got to come back and record this record again, bro. I came back and record again. So, chilling, chilling. I knew, I, I didn't know the impact of the record. Even though you know, you as an artist, you never know what the record is going to do. You know, we always say, that one are big, I eat that, that one are the baddest thing. But it's not, it's undecisive until the people hear the record and they decide. You know, from the rhythm, drop Bridget. Hmm. I remember we did a show, I remember we did a show at um, the University 
of Florida. Yeah. The Gators. It was me, Beanie Man, Sean Paul, a whole bunch of us. T.O.K. And I remember Beanie Man was the first. I remember Beanie Man performed that re his record on with his band. Um, and I was listening to it, and I'm like, "General, the groove and the way this, the, the way this, the students was acting, the way the, the students was just because a lot of Spanish kids, and I realized this rhythm was gonna grab different different people from all walks of life, man. Because mm -hmm. you look and you see cultures just in there, like this vibing, this dance is going crazy. And this is the first time they're hearing it. Because you know, Bean is the type of you when he does a record and he like it, mm -hmm. if he he'll record it tonight." And you go up the road and hear him on some song doing a song. And that's how my Dave Kelly couldn't get along. Because he always <laughs> leaked, he always leaked Dave Kelly stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> Beanie's an excited youth. And Beanie likes something. Beanie does. Yo, I just found it. Let's go. Yeah. Man, just Beanie be like, I just recorded something for Dave Kelly tonight. And it'll come out, come out, and start DJing it. And Dave be like, Jesus, I told this dude not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but Beanie, man, love music. So he can't help himself, man. His skin be itching. So anyway, when, when the rhythm, the rhythm just started running, Bridget. And the rhythm, the song changed my life in so many ways, in good and bad. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> why would you Why would you say in a bad way? Give me one bad experience um, why it changed it. Because I think Tony Kelly made me do made a mistake, even though it was profitable, mm -hmm. which I didn't want to do. I didn't know that after six months anybody could record your song. Um, this kid came and stuck me up. Him and his record company, Atlantic Records, mm -hmm. and of all the records he wanted to do is my record. Kevin Cam, I mean, um, Kevin Little. What? Yeah, wanted to do Overdrive Me Crazy. Boom, bam, boom, bam, boom. So they call me up to Atlantic Records. Mm -hmm. This guy named, um, I don't even call his name. This 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 this, this man that, he, he, he's, a, he's a VP at, at um, Atlantic. I think he still is. Mm -hmm. And he calls me up there. And I tell people, man, it's reality. And I don't want nobody to get upset, but... Sometimes your color, your pretty color, can get in your way. Mm -hmm. And when I went up there, and when he met me, and saw saw my complexion, it really changed a lot. You get me? It really. Um, he thought I was this light skinned dude, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess. I guess from the vocals, he thought he was just some, some light skinned dude that was doing his record. Yeah. And he never gave me a deal. You get what I'm saying? He never gave me a deal. He's the same one that signed Sean Paul and a whole bunch of different people. But he's just Jewish dude, man. Never gave me. He started coming to me. Yo, find some groups and let's sign some groups. All of a sudden, it's not about me no more. Yeah. So that's when they said, um, but I'm a strong individual, man, even to up till today. You know, yeah. I just know that I'm that great. So nothing. And, and I tell you, and this is where 20 years or whatever before, not even 20 years, all these years before, set me up for this to be strong at this time in my life the apollo set me up to be strong for all these times in my life mm -hmm. you get me so when i when i when i he said to me um we want you to do this song with kevin cam um kevin little is going to go into the movie under the sunset which it did go in the movie and if you listen to the song with kevin little singing all you're hearing is me If you even right now, when you go on stage, you, tr you use my background vocals, and I'm like, bro, you, how you don't feel no kind of way? I didn't realize that, boss. I said you don't feel no kind of way. Mm -hmm. 
You get me? You don't feel no kind of the record was taken off in America. Every and every every radio station, top forty radios, adding this record. Chicago, Indiana, everybody was just putting this record on their stuff. You know what he did? <laughs> one day they, one day I called him to find out what's going on. Cause was supposed to do some, but he realized that I was gonna benefit more from the record on that label on that level. Did you know him and his managers pulled the record? And when I asked him what happened, you know what they say? You listen to him now. He said, yo, that's not my record. That's your record. Ray, Ray. And I'm like, you stupid. Because you don't even realize. You, bought, you was going to buy, you're going to sell millions of records. You're not looking. At, but because of bad mind, the man actually stopped the record me down. It doesn't even make sense. And then they drop him off the label. <laughs> and he owes them money. So I said, look at this. <laughs> Y'all got y'all hear my song, want to be greedy and grab onto my record, and now you get the perfect opportunity. But because I'm gonna benefit on a majors than you are, mm -hmm. not even than you are, but because I'm gonna benefit, you guys pull the record. Him and his manager, Allison, whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's but it's just the music business. It's just so many yes. up, so many down, so many round the corners. That's yeah, why but, somebody but, like you. But I realize I tell him, listen. You could make good moves. Even, there's a lot of there's a lot of good artists out there that sells album. Mm -hmm. right, look look at look at him, Shaggy. If you listen, it wasn't me and all these songs. He's not the one that's re making the record really, but it's his record. Okay. He's doing a, a meaning. The hook to me, the hook is what makes a record. For sure, it was. I mean, the, who was singing the hook? Even the song with him and Raven, that's what you always remember. But Shaggy knows business. So Shaggy knows my business. And my album is selling. You understand. Yeah, it's selling my album. It's Who is the one that's going to benefit from it? It's me. Mm -hmm. This dude couldn't see the big picture. Crazy. You get me? <laughs> and, and it's just part of the part of the journey of Mr. Yeah. in this yeah. business here. In this I, got, business. I got one question to go before I get you out of here now, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, actually two, but we're going to wrap it up quick here. When it comes to Mr. Easy right now, when you try to search Mr. Easy, there's another I don't I, I, Easy listen, that comes up. He grew up, that's, a, that's what I tell you, I go through a lot. Drive me crazy cause that as well. See, a lot of these kids, they grew up, listen to me, love my music, mm -hmm. and they want to be me. And a lot of African artists does that. You have people in Africa that's called um, 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 Ninja Kid and all these. They take a lot of Jamaican artists' names. Okay. Like in, just like Japan. You get what I'm saying? So he, this kid took my name. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, they'll be taken care of eventually. Okay. Trust me. Okay, so it's something that's in the works, kind of like. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely. I don't even pay it any mind. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 you, and you know what's so funny? Mm -hmm. You have people that's in reggae. Mm -hmm. That's even like backing this dude, knowing the word that I put in. I've actually, I've seen Chronics bring him on stage in um in in reggae some fest last year, and I'm like, kid, you know, actually, I'm like in my mind saying to Chronics, ask your father about me. Mm -hmm. You get me about the word that I put in. Yeah. You get me. Yeah, I seen people like Cross. I see um, what's this kid name from Major Lazy? He's another one that's pushing him. You know, you know how that. You don't even know how that feels to see all these type of people. They sell out just for money. You get me, and they act like they act like they don't love money. Money's first to them. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't know it was that deep. It was just 
just deep, said, just try to do some research and then it just no it's, it's really it's like, yeah it's, it's deep because you know I mean? they try to block me but because of my talent that's why i keep going crazy so then talking about talent let's end this interview on a high note here which we're going to be talking about your current song right now called guaranteed it has a new music video new sound new feel let's talk yeah. about that song there man guarantee i wrote guarantee in like 30 minutes man yeah. Recorded it. <laughs> recorded it in forty minutes, man. Yeah. You get me? Because while I was writing it, I was recording it. Mm-hmm. I did this in January. You see that January, February. No, around the time you see pandemic, and if you listen to the record, the record is actually relating to what's going on now. What's well, a good groove? We have the remix coming out today. That's done by Keen, Keno, Keen, Keno, out of um, out of um, out of London. So people, ch- check out this record, man. This record is called Guarantee, Mister Easy. M R E A S Y, and my 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 Instagram is the official Mr. Easy. The official Mr. Easy. Everybody keeps talking about this rave that's happening, so I really gotta check it out. Cause I'm tired of sitting in this boring house. Gonna jump in my vehicle. I'm picking up a few of my peoples. Rolling, rolling. We're heading to the club that's popping the night away. We're gonna celebrate having some fun tonight. We're just here living life. Niceness is guaranteed. Sexy girls here with me, their bodies vibrating. No one's complaining. Muscle, muscle sitting in the VIP. He's living this life off of luxury. Champagne popping while the bass is dropping. Got some fire little honey's winding up on me. We in the club getting lit tonight, smoking the highest grade, cause the vibe is right. Guess we're feeling the energy. Me and the ladies, we're just rocking the night away. And that's why that's why them can't get me up because my thing real. Yeah. No auto tune. If you listen to those guys' music, it's nothing but auto tunes. Yeah. They hide their vocals. I don't hide my vocals. Because yeah. I could do I could do this anywhere, anytime. Yeah, we know this easy. Trust me, your vibe, your energy, everything yeah. you bring to the table is so crazy. Before yeah. I get you out of here, one last request. Could you give me an old school medley right now? Old school medley? All right. Um them are one, them are two, them no more than you. Them a fight, them a scroll. Can't walk in a your shoe. Well, then after man, I say yo. Yeah, People say yeah, yo. Big things are gone. Them have no clothes. Say them in a fashion, but the fashion they bow. Tell them fi move from bow. You yeah, tell them strange things are happening. Stray he ain't. Stray he ain't. Strange things are happening. Stray he a little while go pop off in a miskin and every man run gone for machine but you are love we are the with and I want them up in me I take with myself take with myself yo take with myself that no means every run away spurt now why you will if you see another day can't stand up in front of man with AK damn your gun man you no play some little boy dissed me the other day and the rest of them get away but anyway we see them boy they astray the whole of them get sprayed mama she a big on a open pray said do not bother with no gunplay but some little boy don't know a bad man stay and a chat about AK but anybody test my door after hours that's a murder laugh and smile and a bad man stay me have to stop school my mama wasn't working 
and my daddy was gone. I got my first two when I was 13. I mean, I run the place warm. Then I got older and found myself a wife, struggling daily to have a better life. But then I'm riding for a fall with my back against the wall. All women angry, me still a stand tall. But anytime you hear me pitney, them ball, must I tell them, guns are stirring again. I don't want to be a memory, but I see no other solution. Don't you know that she opens up her legs wide and she lets me inside? Say that I'm the man to give her the whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you know that she opens up her legs wide and she lets me inside? Say that I'm the man to give her bad man, I make bugger nice. And tell her, man, this is where you're that, where you are. Who'd want to vibes? Anytime you're ready to commit murder, we treat you very nice and make you think everything smooth and proper and we give you the surprise well i wanna need him the silent killer yo shh kill him in a silence leave a talk right now with yo she drive me crazy on and on cause she's having my baby on and on she drive me crazy on and on strangest thing just happened to me Babylon locked me up for just one ounce of color. I'm a musician, it's just too old and meddy. Bridgings and bridgings, tell me I'll do all I'll agree. Yo, when we say bash, girl, we are well trash. Close not your show like bag, so make a girl chat. Cause you have secret for that. I will leave a man and done that. Muscle now, I know, girl. Ooh, I move like snake in a grass. Break me come abroad, just a dance in a yard. Like the dark singing, why nobody. Me, I tell us, I need a bash, man, girl, I'm a test, girl. Easy. You're listening, that's amazing. And that's just a little percentage. The catalog. Yeah. Listen, that was I couldn't ask to end on a higher note. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> let me give you an My outro note. and yeah. get you out of here because that was crazy. All right. Well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. The official Mr. Easy on Instagram. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.